0: Now, David Fiorazzo. Good
1: morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. We welcome the remnant because we know um, some people might be tuning out because we're talking about controversial issues and, quote, politics, gasp. But others are tuning in because they are not hearing their own churches discuss the most important issues that are facing Christians today. So we thank you, the remnant, who are listening and sharing our podcast. Great guest I have and great topic today. I can't wait to get to in just a minute. Oh, Lord God, increase our faith today. We need you to help us, not just to uh, talk about things this hour and be led by your Holy Spirit to challenge and encourage and maybe even equip true believers in Christ, but Lord, just that we need it in this day and hour in America, in this world, We know that the God of this age blinds the eyes of unbelievers, and the deceptions are growing more and more every day, it seems, in the darkness. But we have the light of Christ, and we ask you, God, for strength. We know that we can do all things through you. Help us to meditate on your word. Help us to meditate on faith and not fear. Help us to not give in to the enemy. We are not unaware of his schemes. And Father, help us to encourage those, even those in the body of Christ, who are feeling uh, hopeless, lonely, um, maybe fearful, Lord. Help us to encourage them in the faith and in the truth. We love you. Thank you for allowing us to be here in this day and age. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's guest, Dr. J.B. Hickson, is back with us. He has more than 30 years of ministry experience, and he has served on faculties and adjunct faculties of nine colleges and seminaries, and he's got degrees from Houston Baptist University, Dallas Theological Seminary, and Baptist Bible Seminary. He's pastor of Plum Creek Chapel in Colorado, the author of nine books, and he's the host of Not By Works. It's a radio program that you can hear. You can look those up. We'll have the link in today's podcast post at StandUpForTheTruth.com. JB, welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth, brother.
2: Hey, David, thanks so much. Great to to be here.
1: All right, so the topic today, I can't wait to get into it. We're going to dive in in just a few minutes. I have some local business to take care of. God, the church, and COVID-19. And you've got some things I do not want you to hold back. Uh, You will not offend me or anyone who listens to this podcast regularly. Um, So my beef today is with churches that are closing again. I've been hearing people are contacting me saying, Hey, David, uh, uh, this is in our area. Our church closed again. Do you, is your church still open? Yes, it is. Uh, but can you t- direct me to a church in our area that's still open? I'm thinking, you're kidding me. We're, we mm-hmm. haven't learned the first time. So let me just read some scriptures from Hebrews chapter 10, um, starting in verse 19. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus... Verse 24, let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Hebrews ten nineteen through 25. JB, um, I've been just very disappointed by the reaction of some and by, I guess, the capitulation um, of some in this coronavirus scandemic. And you had a great word for it. You called it the of virus scandemic. And first of all, J.B., your thoughts on uh, churches, again, some of them saying, okay, we better shut
2: down. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, it's happening right before our very eyes. Uh, you know, David, since... Uh, since Emperor Constantine, early 4th century A.D., issued his Edict of Milan in 313, sort of uh, requiring the tolerance of Christianity, for 1,700 years until this Easter, churches have met openly on Easter Sunday and wow. celebrated the resurrection of our Lord. But for the first time in 1,700 years hmm. uh, on on this Easter, churches globally were shut down and told they could not gather to worship the resurrection of our Lord. Now. We're going to get into, I'm sure, a little bit later, the the essence of this virus, because I'm sure there might be some people listening right now will saying, but wait, JB, you know, this was a major national global health crisis. Of course we couldn't meet. you got to, you know, cut them some slack. Well, if you really understand the truth about this virus, you understand that it's not a health crisis, and it's not certainly not something that rises to the level of forcing churches not to worship.
1: Mm. And... Boy, we, we could look at the numbers, and it's amazing to me, so many people, maybe, I don't know what, maybe you can help me understand this. They can look at the facts, they can look, not from the media, not from the media, but they look in the true facts and the true numbers of, let's just say, coronavirus deaths, the death count, how that has been declining, hospitalizations, the age of people that get it. Um, other countries over in Europe and make certain comparisons to this type of uh, country and our economy versus there and you can look at all these numbers and go Wow there might be some more positive cases but does this warrant the radical shutdowns and the restrictions
2: particularly to the church no absolutely not I mean uh, uh, you know I've looked at the CDC's own numbers just recently for a message that I did And just listen to these numbers. I don't want to drown people in numbers, but given the implications of what's happening, it certainly behooves all of us to take a look at the numbers. Yes. uh, So these are their own numbers, okay? which I would would argue there's ample evidence to say even those are skewed, but let's just take them at their (laughs) word. The CDC says 80% of all people uh, will get the virus and never even know they have it. So let me say that again. 80% 80% of people will get the virus and never know they had it. That means they were not tested Wow! and developed no symptoms. Now, so that's 80%. Now, of those that are tested and confirmed to be diagnosed with COVID, now let's talk about that group. Again, CDC's own number. Another 80% of those will develop only mild symptoms. 95% will not need hospitalization. And by the way, even among the 70 to 79 year old, uh, because they break it down by age, only 60 percent, I mean, about 60 percent develop only mild symptoms. All right. So you've got 95 percent of people who are confirmed to have it don't need hospitalization and 80 percent have only mild or no symptoms. And then if you look at the CDC's IFR, now let me explain what IFR is, IFR stands for infection fatality rate, and it's a something that the CDC uses to calculate the lethality of this disease. It's a, it's, There's two. There's the CFR, the case fatality rate, and then the infection fatality rate. The IFR is the more pessimistic calculation because it includes anyone that's presumed to have it, even if they haven't officially been tested. So even taking their most pessimistic number, globally right now, the IFR is ranging between 0.1% and 0.5 percent, and in the United States of America, it's 0.26 percent as of a couple of weeks ago. Which means that if you get diagnosed with COVID, you have a 99.74 percent chance of survival. And yet, for, which by the way is comparable to the pandemics of 50, 1957, uh, 1968. I mean, these are not uh, these are this is not unprecedented by any stretch. And yet. We have them, you know, shutting down churches. We have churches, you know, closing up their doors, many of them even voluntarily before their governors order it. Uh, we have stores closing, small businesses shutting down. It's destroying the economy. Highest unemployment in the history of this country right now, mm-hmm. all because of something that is comparable to a moderate, not even a bad, but a moderate flu season.
1: Yes, Yes, some people would say you're minimizing the coronavirus when you ju- with what you just said, comparing it to a moderate flu season. But another thing we have to take into consideration, do we really trust the numbers? I mean, the, the reason they spiked at the early stages was New York and New Jersey and their idiotic Uh, policies of sending COVID-19 patients into nursing homes. So tens, uh, thousands and thousands of deaths of the elderly and most immune compromised were in nursing homes, and that spiked their numbers, and, of course, that added to the American total. But I've read so many different reports, JB, that that some are hospitals, first of all, are getting more money the more COVID patients or treatments they have, apparently – And some doctors are writing down COVID for a death when it's someone with a couple other pre-existing conditions before COVID. What do you do with that when when we don't even know that the actual numbers are true and authentic?
2: Well, again, I would argue that it doesn't matter. But, yeah, let's talk about that for a second. There are hundreds upon hundreds of doctors, hospital administrators, emergency room administrators that have come out and exposed communiques that they've received from the National uh, Institutes of Health and the CDC and other national agencies uh, re- explaining how to tabulate coronavirus cases. And they are listing as as COVID-19 as the cause of death in cases essentially for anyone who dies. And either a they were tested and had COVID. So if you die and you have COVID, COVID's the cause regardless um i mean you could die of a heart attack and they're, they're testing people post-mortem by the way in many hospitals mm-hmm. so someone comes in uh, <laughs> of a, a motor an mva a motor vehicle accident they're dead they're required to test them wow uh, by, by the hospital administrators oh, my the reason goodness. the hospital administrators make them do that is because they uh money based on and grants based on the number of cases and deaths so everyone's tested and if you have covid uh, according to the test, then it's counted in that category. And the tests are extremely unreliable. By some counts, it's a 90% positive. I've got, look, I, I'm not minimizing the fact that people are sick and people die. That happens every year. Um, my, I've have got family members and friends that have had COVID. Uh, every year, there are five times more people that die from malaria, uh, ten times more people that die from suicides, more than ten times more people that die from traffic fatalities. AIDS, HIV is, is three times as much. Uh, abortion, we don't even need to talk about that. Mm. Exponentially more people die from abortion every year. Yes. Cancer. So, look, people, uh, it's tragic when anybody dies, regardless of the cause. But we don't put little tickers up on Fox News and CNN mm. and, you know, put these little count boxes on the newspapers and explain every time someone allegedly dies from some disease. And we don't show... You know, people's in nursing homes dying. People die in nursing homes all the time, yeah. and that's tragic. Yes. And so no one's minimizing it, but we're just asking people to think critically and, and look at the actual facts of the matter and say, okay, what's really going on here? And, and then when you look deeper down the rabbit hole, you find out, and this may amaze some of our listeners, but, you know, this whole thing was planned. Mm-hmm. Go back and look at Event 201 in October of 2019, when top globalists and eugenicists met in New York City, and they mapped out even down to the script of what media would say, everything to do with masks, to do with uh, social distancing, creating the terms, creating the distances, uh, mapped it all out, scripted the entire thing, and that was in that was before COVID-19 came out. And then you could go back 10 years to a report that i've downloaded and read 50 pages from the council on foreign relations in 2010 that clearly says what four what are four options that we have if we want to usher in the global one world government number one on the list of the four is to create a global pandemic and again down to the actual verbiage it talks about requiring masks to go into grocery stores and shutting down movie theaters and shutting down small businesses and churches So they've been planning this for a long, long time. This is not an organic, tragic flu or cold that came up and sadly killed a bunch of people.
1: We've talked about this uh, several times in the past um, on this podcast, what happened in October 2019 in that meeting. And these globalists, they've been working on ways and, and schemes to try to weaken or take down America so they can implement their agenda. They've been doing this for years, and here now is, a, in their opinion, a perfect opportunity because, as someone once said, a serious crisis, and the left will not let that go to waste. For those who might say, uh, JB, um, okay, yeah, even if there was a meeting, how could they have known how the virus would have spread and how would it, that it would
2: affect America? Because they created it. It was created in a lab in North Carolina in conjunction with the Wuhan lab, We funded the Wuhan lab with $700,000, and it was originally created as a bioweapon. Now, nobody doubts that. The big question mark was, was it – I mean, the official narrative is it was a bioweapon that was accidentally released in Wuhan. Uh, But there's a big, big question as to whether it was accidentally released or intentionally released. But regardless of whether it started prematurely before they were ready to use it or not, they created it, and they've been planning to use it. That's a fact not in dispute.
1: I'm, I'm looking at a photo, and you can't believe everything on Twitter, but someone shared this photo and a news story from 2015. Uh, apparently it's in the Wuhan lab, and I'd have to look back at this and, and make sure that this, uh, this trip actually happened, but I'm not sure there's a good explanation for wh- why Dr. Fauci, Bill Gates' wife Melinda, and Barack Obama are pictured in the Wuhan lab in 2015. I like I said, I have to look into that, but it's an it looks like an almost like a newspaper uh, clipping or an, actually a story that was online. I can't read the source, but that's interesting. So let's move on to the next. You said um, when I asked the question earlier, you, you didn't dis, you didn't agree with the premise, and do, do you remember what that was?
2: Yeah, so I don't agree with the whole premise that this is a make that deserves uh, you know uh, these types of draconian means because some people okay. might argue you know hey this is a bad crisis we've got to shut down the churches you know but I don't agree at all I mean I, I think this is not what it's about it's never about what it's about um, the quote you mentioned earlier was by Rahm Emanuel when he said we never let a good crisis go to waste mm-hmm. but that's 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 giving more credit than is do they actually create the crises? Yep. It's called false flag. They teach this in the American War College. They've used it for centuries. Uh, false flag is when you create a an attack on your own country in some form or fashion.
0: Wow. You get public
2: consent. Uh, it comes from back in the uh, ancient times when uh, a ship would raise would change its flag and put the enemy flag up and then bomb itself or shoot cannons at itself so they could. Or, I mean, yeah, use that ship to shoot cannons at one of its own ships and then blame it on the enemy. Oh, my goodness. Look what they did to us. We've got to go get them. Wow. So this is – we we use this all the time. By the way, we used it in the Gulf of Tonkin in the Vietnam War, which led to 58,000 deaths of soldiers. Uh, And they came out 50 years later, declassified the documents. The Gulf of Tonkin incident never happened. It was completely fabricated. Johnson needed something to get the American support to get into Vietnam. So they used what was taught in the War College. It goes all the way back to the USS Maine. You remember that whole uh, story when uh, William Randolph Hearst, who ran the newspapers in America at the time, sent his uh, photographer uh, or artist, it was at the time, to uh, Cuba where there was this incident uh, because the USS Maine had exploded and they were trying to foment war uh, with, with the Spanish. And uh, So he sent his photographer over there to, to get pictures or his artist the artist cabled him back and said, "Hey, everything's fine here. It's all at peace. Nobody's really causing a problem or, or reacting to this. Uh, let, let me come home." And Randolph Hearst, in conjunction with the Luciferians, replied, "Please stay there. Uh, you send me the pictures. I'll send you the war."
1: Wow. And that's
2: what they do. They create need, a need to get people in. I mean, let me let me ask you this, uh, David. What do you think would have happened if, let's say, Hillary had won the election? Do you think if Hillary stood up on national TV and announced that we're shutting down all the churches, do you think evangelical Christians would have gone along with that? That's and a good question. Ap- they would have gone apoplectic. There's <laughs> no way. They would have absolutely – but because a Republican's in the office, and he stands up and says, Christians, we've got to shut down our churches, You know, originally for 15 days. Now it's coming on 15 months it seems like. Uh, we went right along. And I just it makes me sad, too, David, that more evangelical Christians, Bible believing Christians aren't able to see beyond what is obviously a, a false flag operation.
1: Yes. And we're not we've got to take a break. We're not saying that the virus is not real. We're saying the numbers are not real and the fear and the panic has been manufactured by the media and the left and globalists. Our guest today, Pastor J.B. Hickson, we're going to be talking a whole lot more about God, the church, and COVID-19, and how we can respond in the days ahead when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here.
0: Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo.
1: Our guest today, Dr. J.B. Hickson, and we are talking about God, the church, COVID 19, how we have dropped the ball as the body of Christ in America generally. We know that there's a lot of churches, not a lot. We know that there are some churches that never closed at all through all of this. We know there are some churches that closed for a couple weeks, two to four weeks. And then they just kept on meeting or allowing people to come to their sanctuaries. And I heard uh, yesterday. I was, by the way, I want to really encourage you guys to check out the interview yesterday with Pastor Steve Smotherman of Legacy Church in uh, North. Uh, I'm sorry, New Mexico. Um, he had some very powerful things to say. He, he kept the church open, and he allowed people to come in, and he was just one of those that said, you know what, I'm not going to... And he's got, they've got two lawsuits against the state of New Mexico because he said the governor is not going to tell us how we can worship our God. Uh, JB, you said you have some more facts and some research to continue to to back up this viewpoint. I know you shared some numbers, uh, the, yes. the, and you shared some what happened in October with uh, the, the meeting over there um, in October 2019. What else can you share with us to just continue to make this case so people can really start thinking logically about this?
2: Yeah, so first of all, let me encourage you uh, to check out my series that I'm doing on Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception. And it's free on our YouTube channel. There are 11 videos so far, which I go into much greater detail, uh, in, in the background of the Luciferian agenda Ooh. to take over the world. So, you now, certainly any Bible-believing Christian understands from Scripture that Satan is trying to take over the world. There's no doubt about that. He tried to take over heaven. He got kicked out. He made this world his own and, and his domain, and that's why 1 John five nineteen says the whole world is under the sway of the wicked one. Uh, he's the God of this age, the po- prince of the power of the air. I mean, so until Christ comes back and takes the throne, Satan views this as his territory, and so he wants to take over the world, and so he's conspiring with demons, which are one-third of the fallen angels that fell with him, and human beings, because people need to understand there are literal human beings right now on earth who worship Satan the way we worship the Almighty God and his Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. So that conspiracy is well-documented, well-exposed and written about, and these Luciferians have been trying to take over the world. Uh, for centuries and but because they're not omniscient and omnipresent and omnipotent and because the body of Christ is a restraining influence right now in the world they're not they haven't been able to but we know that ultimately at one point for at least a seven-year period prior to the establishment of Christ's kingdom they will succeed the Antichrist will reign and rule in terror over a one-world government demanding everybody worship him the false Christ so we know this is happening. Mm-hmm. So, why is it hard for people to, uh, you know, so hard for people to, to look around and not see the agenda uh, that, is, that is there? You read the, the declassified documents, you read whistleblower accounts, and you recognize that somewhere, somewhere high up, there is a, uh, you know, a group of people in a smoke filled room sitting around planning their next play. And they felt like, and they've talked about this again for years, go back and look. Uh, anybody can email me, and I'll send them the, the CFR document that basically reads like a day-by-day plan for exactly what we see happening today. Uh, and, and they've been planning this, and they, they pulled the trigger and rolled it out, and here we are. You know, And that's not to say that people aren't really dying and people aren't really getting sick. Again, we all at this point – it's become so pervasive that probably everybody listening knows someone firsthand who's been diagnosed with COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what they're doing is there's, they're taking people that are sick, giving it a label, and then, and then keeping a running tally. I mean, imagine what would happen if we had a running tally of everyone who got a cold every year or got the flu every year, um, which the death rates from the flu are actually higher than the death rates from COVID yes. <laughs> annually. So, it would be, I mean, you know, we, we would be equally scared. But God's Word reminds us we're not to be scared. We're supposed to be prepared. You know, Proverbs 22.3 is is very clear. He who sees trouble coming and prepares for it is wise. So mm-hmm. that's, that's what we need to remember.
1: So what about, um, well, let me just remind people, this is some of the information that was shared at the very beginning. If you just tuned in, 80 um, percent of people will get the virus and they will not know it because a lot of people can be asymptomatic. 95 percent have COVID, but don't. 95 percent of the people that have COVID don't need hospitalization. What was one of the other stats that I can put in the notes here in the podcast? Yeah,
2: so the IFR, the the uh, infection fatality rate, which speaks to the lethality. According to the CDC in the United States, it's comparable. They don't say this, but if you look at the numbers, it's comparable to the influenza pandemics of 1957 and 1968, but that number is 0.26%. That means that if you get COVID, you have a 0.26% chance of dying, which means you have a 99.74% chance of surviving and only a 5% chance of even getting tough symptoms and being hospitalized, mm-hmm. So, which again, every year, particularly among elderly people or people that are that have other comorbidities. Uh, far more than 5% of people with the flu end up in the hospital. 99
1: 99.47% have point seven point
2: seven six 0.76% will survive. 99.76? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. I'm sorry, 74. It's point that the IFR is 0.26%. Okay. So 99.74% will survive. 0.26 will uh, die.
1: Wow. This is just astounding. How often I should say, how rarely do we hear these numbers? And these are from the CDC, and I I don't even trust those. But let's talk a little bit about, unless you had to go in another direction, you wanted to, um, vaccines. uh, There's a lot of controversy, not just among Christians and and vaccines and what that could lead to, but would the government actually get to a place where they would force people? Would you need a vaccine before you could... You send your kids to school before you could go to work, before you get into a grocery store. What are your thoughts on the uh, COVID vaccine when it does come out?
2: So, yeah, I've got a lot about that. Again, I really want to encourage folks to go to the YouTube channel, Not By Works, just youtube.com slash not by works, and check out the Spirit of the Antichrist series there where I have obviously more time, and I've got a lot of visuals and charts and and, and slides and things that make the case. But um, very, very concerning that we are trying to, and I've talked to doctors about this, by the way, uh, trying to push through a vaccine for SARS. Now, people need to understand what COVID is. COVID stands for coronavirus disease. It's just an, an acronym. And the coronavirus disease is a SARS disease. Okay. SARS stands for severe acute respiratory syndrome. So SARS-1 it's been 20 years, and we still do not have a vaccine for it. There is no, There has never been on the history of the planet a vaccine for a SARS-related virus. Hmm. And yet we're told – and by the way, the normal average for any vaccine uh, is about seven years is how long it takes to go from beginning to create to, to all of the testing phases to the trials and then to roll it out to the public, seven years. Wow. And yet, we have, and you can again check this out on the Health and Human Services website. Operation Warp Speed. People have heard that talked about. Where they, uh, the Health and Human Services director, Alex Azar, Trump appointed him. By the way, who's Alex Azar? Let's not forget that he was the top lobbyist and senior vice president for the big pharma company Eli Lilly. Eli Lilly's the one who creates all of the psychotropic drugs, uh, and was responsible for. Uh, things like Prozac and the uh, LSD program under the CIA, MKUltra. Wow. So that's who's running Operation Warp Speed is, is, is uh, you know Alex Azar. But anyway, uh, so they give literally last count. You can go to the Health and Human Services website, and they tell you the date and the amount and who they gave it to for each of the companies. It started out with 11 big pharma companies. It's now down to the final three in the running. And so far they've given out $10.6 billion of our money. To these pharmaceutical companies to come up with a vaccine. The leading candidate right now, Moderna. Moderna is uh, putting forth their uh, unique, first time ever, uh, type of vaccine uh, that is. Uh, it's going to use a micro needle array, which um, MIT came up with with funding from Bill Gates.
0: Hmm.
2: And the micro needle array stands for the Human Implantable Quantum Dot Micro Needle Delivery System. Uh, this is all over. The internet, mainstream science, and Scientific America, and all these different magazines have been talking about it for years. That's why, again, we know this was coming. Moderna, by the way, has never produced a product for the public. Huh. They just began publicly trading uh, December first, twenty eighteen, and to this day, there is not a single Moderna-created product on the market. This will be their first one, um, and so you know, it, it just—it uh, gets—you can't make this stuff up. Um, but this microneedle array is going to put a, um, a vaccine, is what they're calling it, in your skin, like putting on a Band-Aid, and it's going to use an enzyme called luciferase. Wow, named, really? Same name as, yeah, that, and that <laughs> that name came about in the early 1900s. Uh, a, a French um, pharmacologist came up with that name. I forget, Dubois, I think his name was. But uh, Lucifer just means light, but it is significant, I think, that the main mechanism that's going to make this vaccine readable using a cell phone over the skin is, is Luciferase. We don't know why Dubois named it that, but we also know the Bible calls Satan Lucifer. Mm-hmm. So there's that. But uh, I mean, it's not a, I mean, I tell you, everyone has to decide where they're going to draw the line. But uh, I, you know, I don't believe in vaccines, period, because mm-hmm. I don't believe in putting aborted fetal Tissue cells in my children's bloodstream, and that's again not denied. You can look at any one of the little uh, supplemental inserts in a vaccine; Uh, they all contain MR5 cells and WI cells, which are widely admitted uh, in their own paperwork to be aborted fetal cells. On our website, in the presentation on vaccines, I've got I play a clip from a guy under oath who's called the grandfather of vaccines he invented most of the vaccines he was called to a deposition in you know, a suit where one the wife was not wanting to vaccinate her children and the husband did so they she was trying to say I don't want to do it because it uses aborted fetal cells and he admits it right there under oath yeah absolutely we, we use it and we do it and he said and if that causes me to go to hell then I'll I'll go to hell but we got to do this to save our children wow. so if you are against abortion you should be against vaccines uh, again, check it. Ask your doctor. Uh, I asked my doctor recently just to see what he would say. He <laughs> totally admitted it. He said, "Yeah, no." And so he goes, "What are you Catholic? Is that why you don't want to put aborted fetal cells in your uh, in your children?" Wow. I said, "No, no, I'm not. I just have a, a moral, biblical, uh, you know, st- standard against it." And so, I mean, it was a civil, friendly conversation. But any doctor will admit. Ask your doctor. When we when the radio program's over, call your doctor and say, "Do vaccines contain aborted?" Tissue, the tissues of Fetal aborted tissue. fetuses. Yeah, yeah. And they'll say absolutely.
1: Wow, I'm looking at your YouTube page, by the way. And uh, part eight, it looks like that's when you get into this. Part eight, spirit of the Antichrist, vaccines, and big pharma, and uh, the Luciferian conspiracy. Uh, there's, I, I would love to, you know, take all those in. But my, my goodness, you've got eleven of them. So I would just want to direct people to that page, not by works on YouTube. Um, JB. There's a lot of concern in the church about not only the vaccine, but about at this point forward how to do church. There's been so much conflicting information on masks, on hand sanitizer, even on social distancing, how they came up with the number six feet apart. What are your thoughts on what is is there any middle ground that we can actually say, OK, this is generally proven to be effective or are we still in the learning stages as a, a country trying to figure this thing out
2: so let me i'll go with the journal of the american medical association one of the top 2 medical journals most respected in the world the other being the lancet this is their article from march 4th 2020 and you can check it out on their website quote face masks should not be worn by healthy individuals to protect themselves from acquiring a respiratory infection Because there is no evidence to suggest that face masks worn by healthy individuals are effective in preventing people from becoming ill. Wow. So this is not something that we're still trying to figure out. To say that the world's top virologists are still trying to figure out whether a mask will protect you from a, a respiratory virus would be like saying the world's top mathematicians are still trying to figure out two plus two. They know this is basic virology 101. They know yep. they don't help. You don't need to wear a mask as a healthy person. It's not spread by air. It's only spread by droplets. Obviously, if you're sneezing and coughing and, you know, throwing up liquids and you're sick, you first of all, you shouldn't even go out. You should stay home in bed till you're better. But if you have to go out, yeah, you should wear a mask to protect others from your droplets. But healthy people and asymptomatic people absolutely not only don't need to wear a mask. They should not wear a mask. My cardiologist told me that he doesn't want me wearing a mask because it lowers your pulse ox, yep. and uh, and and it makes it harder for your body to react naturally to germs. So, so I, you know, as far as churches look, every pastor has to before the Lord and with his leadership team decide the best approach. Um, we certainly respect those who wear masks, and again, we, we we make masks available for those who want to wear them. But people need to understand the facts of the matter if they take the time to look at it. Top doctors from around the world have been on record for years saying that, no, healthy people don't need to wear masks, just like healthy people don't need to be quarantined.
1: When I went to Texas uh, for a pastor's conference over, uh, just over a month ago, um, I had to wear a mask on the plane and in the airport, and I hadn't been wearing a mask before that time. Um, I've had some asthma in the past. Um, I didn't know it would affect me. But when I got into the hotel, actually, it was that night. I woke up in the middle of the night with a massive headache. I might, yeah. I've never gotten, I very rarely get headaches in my life. I don't know what a migraine is, but I would guess that that could have been along the lines of a migraine for several hours. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is awful, to the point where the pain in my head it was making me nauseated. And I thought, my goodness, what the heck is this? Do I have COVID-19? Well, I took an, a leave and I tried to, you know, drink something. I when I woke up, I was still weary from not sleeping for three hours. But I made it into the conference and I was fine. And I'd made those adjustments on my way home. But from wearing a mask, I believe, for those hours on the plane and in the just in the airport, I think it, certain people it affects people different ways. But um, So you were talking about how every pastor, a leader of his flock, and we've only got a minute, we got to take another break, has to go before God. You are leading, pastor. You are leading your people. How are you leading them? And one of the most important questions I think you asked was, is the government response to this virus warranted? And I would say overwhelmingly no, Generally, but from the information you shared so far, J.B., I would say overwhelmingly no. The government response. So how do we go along with this when we're not hearing the truth from the media? I guess that's part of the problem. And and sure. so we're how, oh, we've got our thirty seconds. We have to take a break. So when we come back, I'm gonna let you answer that question. How do you think we are so easily going along with this? Is it fear of death, which Christians shouldn't have a fear of death? Should we? Not to say we are going to be irresponsible and throw caution to the wind, but we have to talk about some of these things, friends. This might be a, a, around for a long time to deal with. More with J.B. Hickson on Stand Up For The Truth when we come back in a minute.
0: Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo.
1: Our guest today, Pastor J.B. Hickson, and we asked the question right before we had to take a break. Why is it, with all that we know, let's just say from the Word of God, from our common sense, from the wisdom that we get when we pray for wisdom, and from the doctors and some of the experts on all of these issues, from viruses to masks to everything else, why is it, and I know the media is part of the answer, but so many people are willing to just go along with this and not challenge some power-grabbing governors. Uh, JB, uh, how, sh- how should the church respond to the lockdown?
2: Yeah, so <clears throat> the, the short answer you kind of touched on it is, turn off the TV. Mm. You know, stop listening to the state-run propaganda media, and that includes Fox News and CNN. And yes. uh, again, you can, you, you can one of my videos goes into detail about that, how they're all owned by the same people. It's all part of a propaganda machine. So, but the other thing is, First John 4, 1 tells us, Beloved, do not believe every spirit. But test the spirits as to whether they're of God. I think most believers, sadly, uh, get their information, you know, more from, you know, Tucker Carlson than they do the Word of God. And when you look at God's Word and you understand the very plainly spelled out uh, plan of the ages, where there's this cosmic struggle between Satan and God, and they're you know, they're both fighting for domination of this planet. Now God's already won the battle because He defeated Satan at the cross, but because God is not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance, he's
0: He's allowing
2: things to go on as long as he can until at some point he's going to return and make all things new. But in the meantime, Satan is trying to take over this world. And so I think people need to stop l- l- looking at mainstream media and, and do their own research. There was an article in Forbes magazine here a couple of weeks ago where the guy makes the argument the headline was do not do your own research that was the title of the article and they they go in there and make the point because people are waking up everywhere uh, that whatever you do don't do your own research just trust us trust the scientists (laughs) listen to the media and whatever you do it could be lethal it could be fatal if you do your own research stop doing your own research and that's the reason the media like facebook and YouTube and all have created this fake, this fact checkers and these fake news, and that they don't like what you're saying because it disagrees with the official narrative. They'll tell you, you know, this is not true. And so there's a real attack on truth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but the Bible tells us that we can know the truth and the truth will set us free. And we can know the certainty of the words of truth in Proverbs. So uh, people need to strip aside all the fog and the haze and the misinformation and disinformation and just look at facts and use use your brain and, and and ask yourself does wearing a mask while i'm shopping in walmart does that really affect anything i mean i mean seriously i mean in the past you know when have we ever put healthy people in quarantine
1: Amen. but the reason That's we're right. seeing
2: an uptick right now in a quote, so-called second wave is because for basically six months, they locked everybody down so that their, their immune systems were not being exercised. And then they kind of got idled a little bit. And then they suddenly open everything back up. And, and all of a sudden, you're exposed to all these normal germs that normally you wouldn't even know about. And people are kind of coughing and sneezing and getting sick. Hmm. The body is God created us and God created us in his image. And our bodies are fully capable of dealing with germs. You know, we don't need a company that's never produced a single product to put a chip in our arm to, to so that we can feel safe from uh, some virus. It's not about that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, as far as churches, um, I believe Hebrews 10, the passage you read at the outset of this program, is directly relevant. What Mm -hmm. was going on in the late 60s AD? Mm -hmm. Well, the Roman Emperor Nero was blaming Christians for upsetting the peace of Rome. He was arresting their families, throwing them in jail, in some cases burning them at the stake. Mm -hmm. So many early believers, particularly the Jewish believers, those Jews who had believed the gospel and gotten saved, were forsaking the assembling of themselves together lest they be outed as a Christian. And so to, to sort of protect themselves, they were They were sort of backing away from Christianity. And uh, the writer of Hebrews comes along and says, no, don't do that. Now's when you need to exercise your faith more than ever. And even if you have to give the ultimate sacrifice, there awaits a great reward for you in heaven and in the kingdom someday for standing firm and taking a stand. So I believe it's directly relevant. I mean, even if this virus was a a threat, uh, which we've established it's not you know we're the one institution that god has ordained right now in the present age to spread the gospel is the church and when we allow the government to tell the churches when they can meet how many people can meet what they have to wear whether they can sing or not sing uh, all of that we are completely usurping the divine design that god has placed for the church and giving that to a pagan secular government
1: amen thank you thank you for saying it that way Uh, J.B. Hickson, we have uh, about seven minutes left. Um, Friends, if you're listening, I know we were talking before we got back on for this segment. I was talking with J.B. off air about the fact that my estimate would be approximately 80 to 85 percent of our listeners and our audience that listen locally and nationwide are online with or or, uh, they're with what we're saying. They get it. They understand. They agree. But there's some that don't. But my question for you is would you please share this with someone else online or another Christian friend who maybe their church doesn't see it the same way and others I really want to encourage you to lovingly and respectfully go to your pastor and ask him if we could do things differently as a church and get back to ministering hands-on doing what we used to do in the church taking precautions using wisdom but not caving and not giving in to fear. Uh, JB, one question I want to ask you before we need to let you go. Even if some disagree with you and I, um, and, and there are some who disagree with us, and even though we're reading facts, numbers, truth, <laughs> we're quoting scriptures on ha- having confidence in a faithful God and drawing near to Him, having full assurance of faith and and doing the work God called us to do, um, there are some who disagree. So with those believers, who, and, and a lot of them are not going to church because they they, they've bought in to everything, and so they're not even entering a church building, how can we unite with other believers right now in this season, and when some of them are just watching online sermons and we have this slight disagreement within the body of Christ?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, certainly God can hit a home run with a crooked stick, and you know, I've had some pastors try to argue. Well, see, it was good that we shut down because it gave us more opportunities to use technology to spread the gospel further. Well, that's a that's the wrong way to look at it. Yeah. Imagine how much glory God would have gotten if churches refused to to shut down and, and yes. took a stand. So you you can only God's going to do use everything. God takes bad things and brings beautiful things out of them. Mm. But you can't presume upon that. I mean. Even though God can hit a home run with a crooked stick, you don't want to step up to the plate with a crooked stick. You want to bet, grab the sharpest, straightest stick you can. So I would say certainly love and compassion toward those who are you know, gripped with fear and staying home and, uh, and, and reaching out to them individually. Um, it is a good thing that in this day and age, even those that don't come to church can still watch the services online if they have mm-hmm. Internet access. Yes, that's certainly a good thing. Um, but don't ever mistake what Hebrews 10.25 says. Hebrews 10.25 does not say, do not forsake isolating yourselves in your own house and watching something online. It's the, the verb there literally means to get together in person. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're required to do. There's, that's God's divine design, the one others, the together's. Uh, we need each other. And I would just pray, you know, pray for boldness, pray for strength um and you know you can there's a lot of great resources out there you know you mentioned part nine of my series part eight and nine both i get into a lot of facts about this that when people really see it uh because i think look i, I was a little nervous at first we all were when this thing first happened i didn't know if this was a luciferian attack yeah. to to kill people was this their goal and so we were all a little scared but once it's played out and it went from 15 days to 30 days to Easter to now here we are almost at, you know, October, end of October. Uh, it became pretty clear when you start looking at it and scrutinizing it that it never was about that. Uh, Fauci, by the way, people need to look into him. He's one of the most evil men on the planet. Hmm. He's been a, a key player. And I don't say that lightly. I mean, that's just a fact. The guy is part of the top tier Luciferian agenda. And uh, he's who has been really pulling a lot of the strings. Uh, uh, you know, he himself has been. Uh, very inconsistent in the message he's sending about whether you wear masks or yes. not. And, you know, why? Why If something as basic as that they're flip-flopping on, that ought to tell you there's another agenda at play.
1: Yep, yeah. I, I want to direct people to uh, J.B. Hickson's YouTube and encourage you to sus- subscribe to his page. It's called Not By Works. You can search that on YouTube. He's got this phenomenal series, Spirit of the Antichrist, that he began a month or two ago. No, let, for the last three minutes, JB, let's speculate. No, I'm going to let let you do it so you get in trouble, not me. Um, <laughs> starting with the election, with uh, what we are going to continue, how we are we going to respond to the threat of the virus, what lies ahead, where are we headed as a church and a country, including the election? I would love to hear your thoughts. Sorry we don't have more time.
2: No problem. So obviously I'm not a prophet nor the son of a prophet. But, um, <laughs> If I had to guess, it seems like if, if this is indeed the end game of the Luciferians' plan for a one-world government, then we're probably looking at another major event hmm. because they're losing their grip right now. People are waking up; they're realizing yep. this is all fake. I'm seeing less and less people wear masks when you go out. Less and less enforcement of it by stores, even though it's a state mandated governor's order in Colorado. Um, so Most I think they're days. gonna we're gonna see some major event that sort of catalyzes people once again to to bow down and worship the government uh, as far as churches uh, I only hope that churches will will take a stand and not go along remember in World War two it was the churches that were an agent of the Nazis to help prop you know help promote the propaganda yep uh, they were using their pulpits two-thirds of them the same I think. way that many many are today mm-hmm. so I would hope the church would would more more and more believers would take a stand yes um, I could be wrong. I mean, they this may have been a dry run, and we may go back to some semblance of normal for a while until the next big phase. But make no mistake, they are trying to usher in a one-world system economically, government-wise. They've been saying this for decades. This is what they want.
1: Yep. Um, there's a. We I think I mentioned this before we got on the air. Steve Dace has in, an article out over at the Blaze. His commentary on what's at stake. On November 3 and the day after, November 4, he said if the left wins, they're going to become more bold. If President Trump wins, do you think the enemy is going to stop their attacks and relent and go away? The enemy just doesn't play that way. So we have to be ready. I don't think we will get back to any anything close to, quote, normal. But we better be in the word of God. J.B. Hickson, it's always a blessing. To have you on. We'll do it again in the near future, and it will be after we know who the president is uh, on November 3rd. Thank you so much for being with us on Stand Up for the Truth. God bless you, brother.
2: Amen. God bless you. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. All right. We'll share uh, some of the links we talked about uh, JB Hickson's YouTube page, the article I just mentioned from Steve Dace, and our podcast yesterday with Steve Smotherman. We will talk about that. Uh, Actually, we will share that uh, in the podcast notes today standitforthetruth.com. Why do I always say that? We're going to put this link or this information in the podcast blog because a lot of people receive the podcast via subscription. They subscribe to our podcast and they just get the MP3 or far. They just get the audio of Stand It For The Truth. So they don't have any blog. They don't have any links. So if that's you, maybe you get the weekly Watchmen, which you can subscribe for free. It's a weekly recap of this podcast, the Monday through Friday's guests. And you can look at the description and one, the ones you want to listen to. That's free. Go to StandUpForTheTruth.com over on the right-hand column. Subscribe to the Weekly Watchmen so you get that. But we will put these links. I try to put everything we talk about link-wise, research-wise, in along with the stats in the podcast notes at StandUpForTheTruth.com. When we come
0: back, we've got some amazing guests for next week. You want to hear this. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth.
1: Oh my goodness. I'll tell you what, guys. I've got to confess. There are some days where I get up and I have my quiet time and breakfast and I just don't want to come in and do this thing this ministry, this show, the, t- dealing with all the junk that we have to deal with sometimes. But with the guests that we've had on in the last couple months, I, my spine has been stiffened. I've gotten just seems like a, a new, like just a, a jolt of Holy Spirit, you know, do what I need to do. And, and uh, just just thank you for your prayers. This is, it's not always fun, but with the men of God that I get to talk to, it's such a blessing and inspiration Um, By the way, go back to some of these last two weeks Some phenomenal guests. Please listen to those podcasts if you if you have time. Next Monday, James Walker, Watchmen.org. Rick Scarborough, Jonathan Project on Tuesday. Uh, Leslie Montgomery, a book called A Book Called The Faith of Mike Pence on Wednesday. Julian Appling uh, on Thursday, the 15th. And then next Friday, Coach Dave Dobenmeyer is back. Oh, my goodness, make sure you're on decaf that day. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in and, again, for praying for this ministry. Please support us financially, and that's all I need to say. God bless you. As always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.